0: Thanks to Superstill Tamworth, there's Steel, and then there's Super Steel Tamworth. This is the 2TM News Podcast with Tony Ambrogietti
1: and Tim Coates. Welcome to the 2TM podcast. Today we've got Tim Coates, my co-host here. We also have lovely guests Llewellyn Owens, the Chief Technical Officer with Providence Asset Group, and Penny Fraser, the Chair of Sustainable Northwest. Welcome. Hi,
2: Tony. How are you? Hi,
1: Tony. Thanks for having us. No problem. So today we're going to talk about renewable energy and sustainability and how we can work together with big projects and small projects and looking into the future. So, Tim, would you like to kick us off? Oh,
0: why not? We usually do, don't we? I mean, Australia-wide, we're looking at 21% of household power coming from renewables, apparently. Um, my household comes about 96% from the sun, so I'm very happy to be in the majority, not the minority. But we're doing some really good local projects. Sustainability is always interesting to me. Penny, as I said, off-air, you can sustain everything, including death and taxes. So, um, But there's some really good stuff that you guys do. The exciting project we want to start with, though, is, the, is Manila. How, hmm. how good is this and,
2: and what's the capacity of it? So Manila is a, a five megawatt project. It's a big project, but it's not as big as one of the others. We, we call it a community-scale project. Um, it's the first of 26 around New South Wales. Manila's the flagship it's not just solar, though. We also have the storage. So just
0: want to clarify, that's just for your organisation, for 26? That's
2: for Providence Asset Group. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. there was
0: one in, in Urala, was there, with Zednet? Or yeah, there's one in,
2: in Urella There's one at Weris Creek. Another yeah. Tamworth group are doing one at Weris yeah. Creek. Um, so Ben Wynn and Winergy out there. So
0: If you extrapolate the numbers out with your 26 oh. projects
2: and the other projects, it's a big thing, isn't it? It's a huge thing. You talked about households there. Yeah. There was five gigawatt of rooftop solar just installed last year alone, around Australia. The numbers of of renewables being installed are uh, astronomical, it's fantastic.
1: So for anyone who, I know you've been talking about Manila for a while, as long as I've been in Tamworth anyway, so the last at least 12 months. (laughs) For anyone who hasn't heard of it yet, what exactly are you doing in Manila and why is it different to what other people might think is a solar energy project? Yeah,
2: so it's a community-based project. The aim of it is we are building a solar farm right at Manila, um, directly going into the the power supply at Manila, and, and it will be able to supply the Manila township the exciting part is the community gets to benefit so it has a community ownership element right. so we are actually offering the community if they would like to invest and that's run by not us but by a community group that will organize that that aspect of it and we'll also enable the local community to get a basically buy the power direct from the solar farm as well
0: so what's the net cost benefit to them obviously there's nothing up front for the community mm. um, i would imagine so what are they going to save in, in
2: costs so at the moment we're trying to get a it- Basically about 20% cheaper than most of the electricity bills that were floating around.
0: And that's got to be so. great if you're living in rural New South Wales.
2: Absolutely. Which is some of the most expensive energy around at the moment as well.
0: Yeah, okay, I just thought sort I'd of throw that in. We, might get in.
2: we might get down to city prices. Yeah. yeah. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Should even get lower? <laughs> I'd be excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, a lot of Manila, and particularly some of the people who were involved, already have uh, the their own solar yeah. as well. And so they are looking for obviously feed-in tariffs. But the other thing they're excited about is that storage side and obviously the benefit, the ability to benefit you know, when that sun isn't shining on a larger scale.
0: I just wanna throw this out there. Do you think going forward when people buy houses that they're gonna look at that side of it with water and power? Uh, if people have got big systems where they're collecting rainwater and pu- putting it through their own house. Also, if they're storing their you know, sun, and batteries, things like that, is that gonna add, add to the value of a house? I, I think it'll
3: absolutely add to the value of the house, and not just for homeowners and resale value, but even for investment properties. Like mm. More and more now renters are looking at ways that they can still engage with renewable energy through a rental property. So I think there's, there's definitely a return on that investment, regardless of what sort of property you're building, whether it's a um, commercial residence, a um, residential property. Mm. And I think hopefully in the future that that will just become, that is part and parcel of building a home.
0: Now, you you may not want to comment on this to either one of you, but Tony might jump in. Council was offered the opportunity to put a lot of solar onto a lot of its properties, uh, including ALEC. and we're not seeming to go in that direction. Why wouldn't large councils and businesses do that?
3: I actually don't know why. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and, and for me personally, I've worked with a number of businesses in town, yep. uh, and the savings of, speak for themselves.
0: Yeah, I had a business in O'Connell Street, thirteen and a half kilowatts on the roof, 80, 83% of our power mm. was free.
1: Incredible. I can't speak for the voice of the councillors who actually voted, but I was at the meeting and I did listen to what they said, and and I think the original estimation of cost wasn't what came out in the end and so for that particular time that they were voting they decided it wasn't the best outcome to um put them on alec mm-hmm. however they would continue to look at it going into the future so it wasn't a fully closed door it was just a not right now kind of door That's but no i c- think that benefits Yeah, cost benefit as well. I think the length of time that it was going to take them to recuperate the funds wasn't what they expected. And so that might also come down to the planning. So when we do our planning and our cost benefits, how are we gonna deliver on that? And uh, Penny, I just wanted to pick up where you were saying before with renters, we did also see last year council in Tamworth, and they're not the only ones, there's lots around the region that have made it mandatory to have some water sustainability options in their design. Can you see that kind of thing happening for energy as well? I think it would be an ideal future. I could definitely see it working really Mm -hmm. well
3: in future developments. I don't know if it will happen and how quickly that will happen, what sort of timeframes we're looking at. But I can definitely see it translating, particularly the way that the rebate um, systems work and with our renewable energy target, um, it seems to make sense and fit in there really well.
0: So if it was added to basics, which is what we're talking about, and we've got the Minister for Better Regulation here, is this a great place to start lobbying for that, do you think?
3: I think so, definitely. We've got incredible community groups that um, are really passionate about renewable energy and that have made real progress like Manila Community Renewable Energy which is seven years and almost eight years in the making what they've achieved in that project is um, incredible and there's definitely an appetite.
1: So some people I guess my generation millennials who are thinking about buying a house now because there are some great rebates also tax benefits lots of things happening Something like solar, I guess, in the psyche might be seen as expensive or a luxury item, batteries and things like that. Is that the reality? And what is the cost of these technical products?
2: So solar keeps coming down. Uh, it is getting incredibly cheap now to install just solar on your yeah. house. Particularly, so there's still some rebates out there and, and it's actually very cheap now to install. The payback period is getting less and less. Uh, some, sometimes even even to three years Five years is, is typical for, for solar. You know, you look from that side, yes, there is a bit of upfront. Uh, the rebates go a long way to making that easier, uh, but it is very cheap now. Batteries still have a way to go. And you know, obviously we, we've got our own, at Providence, we, we've got, we're developing a hydrogen battery as well. It's still bit high on the high side, um, but the, the products are coming and they, they are they will have the payback and allow the pricing to come down. As the technology develops, you'll see the same on the batteries going exactly the same direction as solar has gone, you know, where you're talking a payback of two, not three years thereabouts.
1: So what's the difference then for, say, Tim mentioned a Tesla battery, which would be kind of one of the more well-known brands right now. But what's the difference between that and, say, a hydrogen battery?
2: Yeah. So... We're doing, a, it's Lavo, uh, which is the hydrogen battery. Uh, look, in essence, it stores more at, a, at relatively a cheaper price. So Lavo uh, can store for, for it has five kilowatts, uh, 40 kilowatt hours, it allows you to do three days worth of storage uh, rather than, you know, b- b- Tesla Power More might get you through a, a day. So we're trying to really give a longer storage. That means you're using more solar on your roof uh, rather than putting it back into the grid particularly during the summer days where it's hot, you can store more and therefore use more of of your own solar and the the returns on that.
0: Picking up on that point, then. So, Penny, it's a need to educate people on how to use their appliances. I mean, this is what it comes down to in our house. It's like you don't do this at night, but you do that during the day. So if you've got solar you just, you know, dishwasher goes on, washing machine. you got to think differently, don't you?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and take a different approach. I guess what I would like to add just to the solar panel conversation is where it may not feel accessible to someone or not financially viable to someone, there are other options um, to engage in renewables. Mm -hmm. So, for example, seeking out an energy company or an energy provider that is carbon neutral and is green power accredited. So green power is like a government managed program where they provide really strict criteria around how renewables are sourced and you can choose to use 50% renewables or 100% renewables through that program So you know you're buying that amount of renewable energy. So I think that's a really important part to add because I I do think sometimes solar panels can feel a little bit inaccessible if you're... Just bought your first home you've got small children and you're just struggling to pay for swimming lessons or you know um, that there are other ways that you can let your money do the talking and and you can find different ways to engage with renewable energy um, through energy providers banking institutions superannuation um, all those things you can find ways to invest that you're already doing but you can just find a way to engage with renewable energy that way
0: so is is cold a bad word? I mean, we've, we've just seen is it the ANZ Bank flick the port of Newcastle? You know, is that smart business? Because you could lose a heap of customers, or not. What's what's going forward? Baseload's got to come from somewhere. We have talked about that off air. Where does baseload come from? When we have this thing called uranium, we mine it, we sell it, we take it back, we store it for other people. Does that part of the option, or where do we go?
3: Oh, look, I I definitely don't have all the answers. And I don't think coal right now is... Look, coal's not ideal, but I I, I don't think anyone really is calling to just sort of shut down all the the mines and walk away. I think there are people doing that. (laughs) Sure, but I do think that a measured and responsible transition to renewable energy is really accessible and... Renewable energy also needs people to run it and yeah, also needs yeah. to employ people, also needs people to build farms, to build things. So there is a, there is a world that exists where we can really sustainably
1: yeah.
3: um, walk in to a transition to renewable energy that doesn't actually harm anyone or rob anyone of their livelihoods or Cause, destroy communities. Cause that's a good point.
0: I mean, the, the argument has been that um, you know coal mines employ a lot of people. Um, What's the other side of the coin, when solar farms employ a lot of people?
2: Yeah, look, if I talk about that, there's a concept, I'm not sure if you've come across it, called Just Transition, it it was a hashtag and Twitter went for a while there, and and the whole premise of that is we need to make a transition, so let's make it in a way where people do get the jobs, we're creating the jobs, and uh, I'm a big advocate for it, so wind farms can provide the jobs. Hydrogen, uh, you know, and I'm a big advocate of moving into hydrogen. I think there's a big opportunity for, in Australia, us to actually provide literally our own energy for diesel replacement and, and, and vehicle from hydrogen. Obviously, there will be batteries coming in as well. And so there's a brand new industry that can be developed and we can bring it in. So if you think about an industry where we're no longer bringing in oil and gas from Saudi Arabia and we're, we're making all of that in Australia, there's going to be a lot of jobs here.
0: Because sovereignty is very important. I mean, like during COVID, the one thing it's taught us: sovereignty of where anything comes from. You buy Australian-made. Where's Australian products come from? It seemed to go through the roof. If we could actually develop a car, power the car, or whatever, Hmm. we're going to be laughing
2: just from the sun and
3: wind. And that feeds into the greater conversation of sustainability. Full stop. Doesn't it? It it does. That just those being able to buy things that are locally made, locally grown having access to local food, being able to drop down to your growers market. Like it sort of can be on that really great scale of gas and power and all those things and right down to the apples that you eat during the week. I think it's definitely
1: informs that conversation
0: but then we need the workers to pick the fruit don't we,
3: well,
0: we do. <laughs> Sorry, I just to throw that in there.
1: well yeah there's a lot of discussions about that at the moment but um, speaking of a just transition here in the Northwest there are a lot of people employed in coal mines and so there might be some people for example that have been there for 20 25 30 years uh, but they're not at the end of their working life so How do we transition people who have those sets of skills into these new or different jobs that would become available in a renewable energy? I know this is a really hard question um, and no one has like a full answer, but what's a way, I guess there's obviously different skills that are needed. How do we do that or what skills are similar that we could bring people over?
2: So I actually don't think there are a huge amount of different skills. A lot of the l- trades are the same. Yeah. We talk about hydrogen, it's no different to gas. You need fitters and turners, you need boilermakers, you, you, you need those those trades in order to deliver that. We talk about um, wind, you know, wind has turbines, no different to people, you know, fitters and turners and people working on that, electricians are right across, um, solar uses a lot of the civil um, people who, who, you know, obviously they're wind us as well. So all of those industries have the skill sets. Yes there are specialists that we need to deliver that, absolutely. We will need to train new people up and some people can choose to take that training, but the the basics are actually there. It's actually one of the reasons why it actually makes sense to have it in a region like this, because we actually already have a lot of the skills that we need to make that change to uh, such an industry.
1: Yeah, great. And I guess um, you were talking about like the sustainable living from, you know, a smaller perspective as well as these big projects to, you know, fill the baseload. What are some steps apart from talking with your money that you could just do at home or a great way for your family as one to kind of move towards more sustainable living?
3: There's lots of different options, and I always like to say that all the options won't be for everyone, but there definitely is an option for everyone. Like, there is something that you can find that will work for you and your household. Really simple things. Again, we touched on, like, shopping at the growers' market. I don't know if you guys have been to the Saturday Growers' Market here fantastic and you really could get your fruit and veg there each week it's wonderful. Growing your own food uh, which is a really lovely family activity not always accessible to us here in Tamworth during times of drought but in seasons like now it's a glorious time to be out in the garden um, growing food with your family teaching your children about vegetables and fruits all those kind of things. Um, You can also plant a tree join a community group. Engage with renewables and sustainability that way. We've got some excellent community groups in the region that are really active and um, and taking action in regards to sustainability, renewable energy, environmental conservation, um, which I guess they all they all do exist side by side and are equally important. Um, reuse, refuse, yeah. reduce, and recycle. We do like to say like refuse is probably the number one don't take it in the first place. If you can avoid it, if you can avoid the plastic bag, don't take it. Then you don't have to worry about what you're going to do with it after. um, So I guess just engaging in those steps, which are really simple, and I think we all know it. Um, Sometimes we forget it or sometimes life is just really busy and you don't have to do it all at once. And you don't have to spend lots of money to be sustainable as well, which I think is a really big key. Finding the value in what you already own is really important. If you have a plastic bag, acknowledge the intrinsic value of that plastic bag. Um, A wise man once told me that, and I thought that was a really good way to look at it. Finding so many different uses for that plastic bag. Look how long that plastic lasts, or it's waterproof. It does all these incredible things. So I guess finding the intrinsic value in the things that you already own, learning how to mend clothing, all those kind of things, I guess are really lovely ways to engage in a more sustainable life.
1: Yeah, great. You we can
3: mend clothing.
1: <laughs> you can. You <laughs> um, we mentioned briefly about education and obviously that's a, challenge. a Younger generations that are coming through school now are probably learning a lot more than people who are already adults. Absolutely. And once you're an adult, kind of almost is your own responsibility to keep learning, but you might have some habits, and I'm not picking on anybody in our <laughs> office. However, <Interesting. laughs> if you would like to kind of learn or how how do we get adults on board with something new or new ways of thinking or new ways of doing things when they're not at school learning every day?
0: Adult Enviro race.
3: Well, well, we do do lots of other activities with Sustainable Northwest. So I would encourage people to go along to a meeting with our group Um, we're often looking at different ways to um, engage adults in sustainable living Um, and the meetings usually really like touch on topics talk about what we're doing at home how we're doing things so I do think connecting with like-minded people finding other people so it doesn't have to be sustainable northwest there's loads of groups but finding like-minded people that you can share your stories with share your ideas with you know share your little sustainability hacks with. I guess it's a really like a gentle step in. And the other thing is just attend everything. There's so many great things happening, events and webinars, and especially since COVID, there's so much online stuff that you can interact with. Um, We've all gone zoom, zoom. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) We're all great at it now. So I guess it's that Um, you can, you can find lots of stuff online to engage with. Join a Facebook group, join a local Facebook group that's interested in sustainability.
1: Thanks, Penny. There are some great ideas from a grassroots perspective. Llewellyn, how would you get adults on board with new ideas that you're bringing to the table? A lot of ideas in renewable energy are technical and some people back away because it's too complicated, confusing or hard to understand. How do you make these new ideas more accessible for everybody? In fact,
2: some of the community groups are our best avenue. So um, I think um, yeah, the Manila community group has done so much for us in getting that message out. Um, You know, when we started this journey of hydrogen, we did get the comment of hydrogen Hindenburg and hydrogen bomb, the two things that people knew. (laughs) Uh, We've had to come a long way (laughs) to educate people on that. Uh, and, And really it's simple. It's water, you split the H2 and O and you join the H2 and O back together and you make energy and so you know it's a really simple concept but we've had to educate people and uh, and really you know um, make sure people understand that so community groups important we have been working with the council and we, we hope to continue to work with the council i think the councils and um, you know around this area you know are really important to also help educate and 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 drive the agenda for the change new south wales government it's the same and and federal government they're doing a great job to really make sure people are aware and and pushing it out um yeah you know, so people like our our Minister Matt Keane at the moment really pushing the hydrogen agenda actually really helps people get aware and, and understand there's so much potential here.
0: So Penny, 2050 was zero emissions, that's the target. Is that, should we even have a target or should we just keep on doing stuff and the target just get, we achieve it. It just happens.
3: I don't know about you, Tim, but I love a deadline. Do you know? myself personally, I thrive. Oh, well, let's bring it forward then. On a deadline. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with you there. I love um, a deadline. Yep. I, I really do. I Five do times, times a day. <laughs> come to the pressure of so, a deadline. So, so why 2050? Why not
1: 2040
0: then? Have an aspiration.
3: I don't know. I maybe people that. Um, clearly, have thought a lot about it. I would hope have selected that date based on what they feel is achievable.
0: No, nah, it's politicians <laughs> thinking it won't be my term of office. Like, let's be honest.
3: Possibly, possibly. I like to be a little bit more hopeful and a little bit less cynical about I'm it. I'm
2: <laughs> coming, coming from working with the university and lots of engineers, people can solve these challenges. Set the agenda, set the target, and you'll be amazed at what people can do. So, no, is
0: twenty is 2050 just a date, or is that something the universities or people smarter than me have worked out.
2: I I think everyone would have been surprised five years ago if we said how much solar was installed in Australia just last year. That's the point. Everyone would have been stunned and so I think set the target, set an ambitious target and let people see what they can achieve.
3: Okay. Yeah. I think the target could be more ambitious but I guess it's that Trying to make sure that everyone feels like it's achievable, not just those of us that are very zealous and yeah. excited about the future. Changing,
0: <laughs> changing to water very quickly because mm-hmm. Tamworth has an effluent reuse farm. Um, it needs a few more steps in the process, and we could actually reuse that water. Um, thoughts, ideas, concept—is it necessary? Do we should we?
2: Can, can I? Before we even move off water, there is energy in that water. There's also absolutely there is, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so the first thing. Uh, there is a huge opportunity to make Tamworth one of the largest bio hubs. Yep. Um It has the abattoirs and the chicken processing facilities yep. right next to a beautiful um, uh, water treatment plant. It is perfectly placed to do bo- a biodigester. Very known technology that's been used all throughout Europe.
1: What is
2: tablets. that? Basically, you take the, the waste, mix it all together. Uh, what you would normally try and stay away from because it stinks. That's methane gas, and you can put it straight into a um, into a into an engine or a turbine and, and process but about it.
0: Five years ago, council was looking at that out there in that space, and all it, and it wasn't didn't happen. Mm. You know, is it because it smells too much? Is it because oh, it's different? You know, why are people walking away from ideas and concepts that can give us something that we need?
3: think there always is a reluctance with um, effluent just Mm -hmm. generally in the community. Um, Personally I would be delighted to see a biodigester and to reuse the water. We have our land care nursery at Wallamore at the wastewater treatment plant. We use the reuse water to water endemic plants for the region and for land care projects and it's incredible. Um, They're lovely healthy plants and all The volunteers are healthy and wonderful as well. Um, and but, I but other countries do do it,
0: they treat I mean, London has had treated water that way for many many years. Just to use one example, mm. it's a necessity to do in this country. We don't, it's not a resource you can keep on turning the tap on for.
3: Absolutely,
2: mm. and, and it's uh, one of the biggest challenges if we talk about a water recycling mm. is, is how to process the salt. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough, it's a very young engineer, I did the Brisbane water. Uh, recycling project, okay. Western Corridor it was, the benefit there is we had the river right next to it to dilute the water and get rid of the, uh, dilute mm. the salt and get rid of the salt naturally in the ocean right we do, we they, that's still a challenge that they need to, need to address um, with any recycled water
0: Okay but if you keep using anyway. the water on the effluent reuse farm, what it does eventually is just build up Absolutely. and kill the crops anyway.
2: Absolutely spot on. So there is a process we need to work
0: So you have on. to remediate the land if you're going to grow crops with it. Just throwing it in there. Mm.
1: Right now there's obviously a lot of renewable energy projects happening around Tamworth and around the northwest. It's been named as you know one of the renewable energy hubs for the region which is really exciting I think but there is a project happening or proposed to happen in Nundal Hanging Rock. Now without getting too much into that because it still hasn't been decided, um, how important is it to have community support behind new projects as they go forward?
2: Absolutely essential and I would talk about Manila, we brought up a few times, we had five, uh, eight submissions to the council for that, every single one of them positive and it was not because the project was any different to any other project, it's because we worked with the community, engaged the community Got feedback from the community and really listened. And, and the key word is edu-
0: you educated the community.
2: Educated, yep. Yeah.
3: Well, and the community wanted it. Like the mm. the Manila Community Renewable Energy Group existed before. Sure, but then there was an education project. of the
0: wider community, which is exactly. to get absolutely the, the acceptance. Because
2: the you know, community group wanted it, but obviously there was a small section of the community. And But you're absolutely right, they educated the large community, and we mm. got support not just in Tamworth, further abroad now, we've got people, we've we've now got another project in Gyra and and, and also Glennais and they've basically knocked on the door and said, we love what you're doing, how can we get one up there?
1: Mm. So I guess taking the time to do that does take more time than say just putting in your submission. What has that been like for you and it's obviously, you know, had a great outcome so far, but what do you think it is that companies are weighing up there when they're talking about that extra time that they take for the community? And um, is it worth it?
2: Uh, look, it's an investment up front, but like any investment, it has paybacks. And I think, yeah, look, it, it can be, I mean, your project might be a little bit slower at the beginning, a little bit harder to get off the ground initially, but it, it, in the end, it will help the projects move through a lot quicker. And help the project actually deliver with the support of community, it's a lo- all of these projects are there for 30 years. That's a marriage. You need to do a little bit of dating before you go into the marriage. Yeah, buy me dinner mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Buy me dinner <laughs> first.
1: That's a fantastic analogy. Um, so I think that's kind of covered a lot of things there. But if you just wanted to let us know maybe how we can connect with you outside of this podcast and maybe your last little wrap-up for this session.
3: Sure. We're on Sustainable Northwester on Facebook. We've got a website. Um, and we meet on the first Tuesday of the month at the Tamworth Hotel from 5pm and all are welcome to That's very along. sustainable, isn't it? Very <laughs> sustainable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess just as a broad thing, um, join a community group, go along to a working bee. There's, We've got some excellent groups in Tamworth. We've got Tamworth Parents and Friends for Climate Action. We've got Manila Community Renewable Energy. We've got land care groups right across the region. Because um, you guys then,
0: came from a marriage land care. We are, it's the first, it's Sustainable Sub yeah.
3: Subcommittee of Tamworth Regional yeah. Land Care, um, along with a load of land care groups across yeah. the region. So TRLA is the kind of hub. That, um, that, you know, just kind of helps us all out um, to achieve what we want to achieve throughout the year. But I think that there's just so many opportunities to get amongst it, um, and also just do your research. Find out um, how you can, you know, engage with renewable energy. Great, and Llewellyn?
2: Uh, so, look, Providence, we have a website, so, so come to it's providences, with com. dot au. Uh, but also feel free to reach out to Emma at the Manila Community Renewable Group to learn more about Manila project itself. Uh, look, in essence, we've always in Australia utilised our resources, and I think the renewable push is no different. Uh, no different from coal, no different from gas. We had those renewables, um, and uh, yeah, really what, we're, what the, the advantage is, we have some of the best sun and wind in the world, and, and that's what we're trying to develop here, and make sure the community can utilise it for the benefit of Australia.
0: Yeah, look, and to wind it up from my perspective is that these conversations have been around for a long time in the business community. Some of our businesses, our big businesses, have done some amazing work. Um, Tees in particular did some amazing work with water and uh, other resources out there. During the last drought, so the one before, cut down their water usage by 20-something percent, so did one of the flour mills here. So businesses have made their contribution, it's now on the next level, so I know that uh, and give Carries a wrap. I think they put in something like 20-odd rainwater tanks to collect off their new building in Tarminda. So businesses are aware, it just needs to be more aware, and we, we need to use those resources properly.